Hi, welcome to On the Same Page with me, Lauren Johnson, and my two book-loving co-hosts, Chloe Cornell and Shona Mountford. So, On the Same Page is new to voice, so if you're unfamiliar with it, the three of us will be doing a book review on TikTok and Instagram each week. Um, And each month, we're going to be publishing a list of recommendations related to the theme of the month and creating a podcast episode discussing a book that we've all read. So today, we are talking about feminist novel The Handmaid's Tale. Um, So I personally have never read the book, but Flo and Shiona have. So I'm going to be looking at this from the perspective of the TV show, which we're going to compare to the book. So let's get started. So The Handmaid's Tale, for anyone that hasn't read it, is a dystopian novel set in the fictional society of Gilead that used to be the USA. In this society, men hold power over women who are oppressed and put into separate categories. So in the books, you've got handmaids, wives, Marthas, aunts, econowives, and unwomen. So wives are usually barren, so infertile, but hold all the power as they are married to the men. Handmaids are fertile women assigned to a family to bear children that the man and his wife will parent. Their name and identity are stripped. So our protagonist, formerly known as June, is called Offred because the man who is the head of her household is called Fred. So the book takes you through her life and her memories of when Gilead becomes a society. Brilliant. So just to get our conversation started, I thought I'd begin with a quote from, you know, the woman of the hour herself, Margaret Atwood. Um, So this quote's from a creative writing session that she did with Masterclass. And the quote is, nothing went into it that had not happened in real life somewhere at some time. The reason I made that rule is that I didn't want anybody saying, you certainly have an evil imagination and you made up all these bad things. So I'm just fascinated by this quote because when we think about it, like everything that has happened in The Handmaids has been based off of real life, which is frightening. It's a dystopian novel that is set in the future, but it somehow resonates so much with our present. Uh, So I started reading this book in late 2016 In my first year of A-levels, I picked up this book for my English literature class. It was a time when Trump was elected, a time which felt quite hopeless with dull prospects. It was also a very angry time. A lot of people in my class, like young people, had strong opinions and were struggling to channel them. And when we read through Handmaids together, it was a chance to channel those ideas. So it's it's not surprising everything in Atwood's book is based off of real life in that sense. I mentioned Trump, and at the time of writing, Atwood drew from the Christian right in American history. So you had populist presidents like Reagan promoting Christian conservatism. These are concepts explored in Handmaid. So when I read it, at least at the start of a Trump era, it was interesting to see how Atwood's work resonated with today's political climate in a very, very frightening way. Shona, Lauren, where were you two when you first read or watched it? So I was similar to you. I was doing my A-levels. And at that time, I didn't really, I mean, I knew I was a feminist. I knew I was a woman, obviously. And I just feel like it really increased my feminist like consciousness. I was like, oh, damn, this isn't just like a few sexist comments here and there, like issues for women are systemic. And this book just felt as relevant as it did when it was written to basically our society, again, with Trump in power and stuff like that. Yeah, I actually just watched a random episode of like season three with one of my friends. um, And that's what kind of prompted me to start the series. Um, Unlike the two of you, I didn't read the book when I was at school. That wasn't like in our 
curriculum. Um, so the whole concept was really new for me and honestly really shocking partly the brutality of everything that was happening within the show but also how it seemed so likely that this could actually happen in today's world um, and especially in terms of modern context with all the current um, abortion bills and everything going on that's just kind of really the first step in men trying to control women's bodies it kind of makes a lot of sense in a really scary way it's really interesting because Atwood really explored sort of a whole range of different stories and historical facts uh, when she was writing it. So quite clearly Handmaids is based off of like a biblical story. It's biblical, you know, blessed be the fruit, all that stuff. Yeah, the bones of it is based on uh, a biblical story from the Old Testament. It's the story of Rachel and Leah, who were both married to Jacob. Leah was able to conceive children. Rachel had fertility struggles. So Rachel had her handmaid have two sons with Jacob in her place so she could have children. Atwood wrote this in 1985 and sort of at the time of writing when she was she was writing uh, the book, there was a Romanian ban on birth control, which happened in 1966. So the president of Romania desperately tried to increase Romania's population by banning birth control and abortion in a decree called Decree 770. Secret police were instated at hospitals. Women had monthly gynecology tests. Women were criminalized if they didn't uh, comply with these policies. Um, He even ordered Romanian women of childbearing age to have five children each, which is really interesting because in the current context of everything happening in our current political climate and our current society, there are still those policies against women being discussed, often by men at the helm of everything. Um, which is quite interesting. Yeah, definitely. So like, just for reference to anyone that hasn't really read it, so we see this mirrored in the characters in the plot quite well. So Offred is the handmaid, and then you've got Serena Joy, who is the wife to Commander Waterford. And it's because I didn't know anything really about the biblical like connotations behind it. And I thought it was all just from Margaret Atwood's imagination, but the fact that that is in the Bible and someone wrote that just shows how far back these issues go. And again, like we were saying, how this book just has so many, you know, stories historically has so much part in like how badly women have been treated, essentially. So also, I think as well, it's good to mention that Handmaid's Tale, there are characters that aren't just part of the system as well. You've got Off Glenn, who is Offred's shopping partner. Um, she is very subversive, I'd say. She's kind of part of the resistance, correct me if I'm wrong. And again, like it's ambiguous what happens to her character. But yeah, I like how Atwood, she shows the bad issues, but also she offers a bit of hope that women are fighting back, that people are fighting back. And I think that's quite common as well in all of the characters break the rules. So Nick, who is the chauffeur, so Serena Joyce knows that Commander Waterford can't really have children. So she like orders Nick and Offred to have a sexual relationship, which is forbidden. Handmaids aren't supposed to have sex with anyone apart from the commander. And I think it's interesting how she is so entrenched in the system, but she's also breaking the system. I think that was showing that these horrible sexist regimes, they can't be can't be in place. And I love how she uses her characters to show that, definitely. But also you've got horrific women in this as well. Aunt Libya, for example, in the red center with a cattle prod. I mean, you see her in the TV show. She's played brilliantly. Is it Anne Dowd in the TV show? Yeah. What were your thoughts of the characters in the the TV show, Lauren? Yeah, I think it's actually really interesting. um, Everything that 
you've just mentioned and also what you did mention earlier is that there are some differences between the characters um, and kind of some of them being that like the visibility, for example, of her husband, Luke, and her child, Hannah, who you mentioned we don't really see in the book, but in the show there are very kind of key side story and you really get this aspect as to this is what's happening to June and it's obviously horrible and the worst thing that could be happening but there's this whole other aspect of other people who are being indirectly affected as well so it's really interesting to see these kind of differences but also similarities in how they're taking into account the other characters as well. Yeah definitely um like because obviously no one was here for our conversation earlier but we were just sort of talking about how in the books you you only hear of Luke, you only hear of her daughter. And I think it's interesting that the TV show decided to show what was going on in his life and what he was doing. And I think we'll go into more depth about it later, but it's not necessarily bad that the TV show has gone so off piece from the book, but I think there is a point to them not showing certain things. And I think the differences within the book I think serve Atwood's point and the point of the Handmaid's Tale a lot better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'd agree with that. But then also with when you're adapting like a book to TV or film, it is always an adaption. How you visually translate what is inferred is quite interesting. How it's just interesting how they they translated that, and it may not have worked. I mean, I dropped out of the series because I I don't know I wasn't vibing with it, wasn't wasn't <laughs> feeling it at the time. I mean, I may go back to it, but it it didn't it didn't hit the same as the book when I was watching it. Uh, I think it is down to those like inferred bits like what you can see between the lines like not being able to see you know um, the husband and the child like just just trying to visualize the horror of that situation without it being literally spelled out in front of me is what kind of I, I liked more about the book than the series in that sense. I think that's a really good point because I think that's kind of what makes the show hard to stomach in a certain sense is that you really kind of see the brutality and it's very quite distressing for example to see June with her child and kind of being torn away from her child in a way that you maybe didn't see in the book so it's kind of very interesting to see how these additional characters provide an extra storyline but it also kind of increases that distressing element of the show itself. 100% and as well I think Offred as well she's so she could be anyone and I think what the show does as well is it main characters her it makes her into this focus point this hero we expect a lot from her whereas in the book she's just another handmaid and I think not seeing much about her life in the book it shows that this is happening to so many women it could be another woman it could be another one it could be any woman in society now any like women can can relate to being dragged away from the children. Think about refugees, for example, refugee women. They may have to be separated from their children because of conflict. And I think the book serves a better, wider political p- purpose, whereas I think the TV show is trying to keep you within that world and tell Offred's story more, definitely. Yeah, that was a really good analysis. And I honestly, because I haven't read the book, I hadn't thought of it like that. But that is a very good point in that the show is 
very focused on June. And like you said, she is strong. She rebels. She does all of these things. And sometimes she honestly in the show gets a little bit annoying because she's doing all of these things as a main character does. But like you said, then when you look at it from the book perspective, it can be applied to a greater audience in ways that maybe people might not be able to relate with the courage that June has in the show. 100%. And as well, I think she's often very unlikable in the book. She's often quite frustrating. And I think that that could be for a multitude of reasons, but also I just prefer it because she's more real. I think, God, not everyone who is put in that situation who is oppressed fights back. Some people conform, some people are quiet. And I think it's good that Margaret Atwood has shown that, not because she's championing that, championing that necessarily, but because that is what happens. And some women are quiet. And some women, even like just in feminist issues today, some women don't speak up. And I think the silence is just as important as the, as the noise, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. That's a really good point. I didn't like Offred at all in the book. I mean, I didn't really enjoy reading the book the first time around. Like I was reading it and I was like, nah, this isn't for me until like the ending. And then reread it, whole different light, really enjoyed it. But yeah, it is that silence is so interesting. And I think it's something that is really sort of echoed in today's society as well. Like how do we, how do we handle difficult situations? And as well, like you mentioned the ending, Lauren, the ending of the book is so Offred is packed off into a van, don't know if she's going to be arrested or if she's going to escape. And then there's a separate section. Um, so I think it's called the historical notes section. And we're taken fast forwarded to a symposium, a professor's running about the history of Gilead. So it's gone, society's gone. And he's found the tapes that may well be Offred. Um, and he's talking about this handmaid's tale. And I think as well, the reason Offred may come across as silent or unlikable is because we are basically hearing her story through him. He's interpreting her history through the tapes. And once you sort of realise it's about, perhaps could be about that, it's again showing you don't have to live in Gilead for women to be oppressed. Men are controlling women's stories now through retelling their history, through misinterpreting their history or whatever. And I think one of the most important messages of the book is that throughout the whole of it, that might not have been offered telling us what was going on yeah sort of like am I the drama am I the unreliable narrator that sort of a thing that sort of yeah. vibe goes on I really love the end the historical notes see I haven't finished the series so you might be able to enlighten me on this Lauren but um I don't believe in season one they have the historical notes at the end no at all Okay. Well, I, I the historical notes really reframed the book in my eyes. That's why I enjoyed it the second time I read it. But yeah, that idea of, I mean, that that's kind of how history works in that sense. Like women's stories are always told by men until like now, like re- revisionism and everything. Right. So yeah, it's really interesting how that reframed the entire thing. I was, when I went back and started reading off Red Story, that unreliability is actually really interesting. The sort of fragmented narrative of you don't know what order this is in. Is, is it chronological? Is it not? Who knows? It's sort of assembled and created like these shards of history or put together. Do you kind of just have to believe it? Because if you don't believe that in a way, then did it happen? I think just a quick point on that. I think as well, are they all this offered June characters' experiences? Are they other handmaids' experiences? And as well, I think this is just a wider point about the way we look at history and the way we look at 
at events, but we shouldn't really be looking at one person's tale to understand how something was. I think the like the title in itself is very telling as well, The Handmaid's Tale the handmaid and it's like there isn't just one and I think it's assuming that a collective group of people ex- like experience this the same as offered and I think it becomes so much more than a story and it becomes actually how do we look at things I think Margaret Atwood is so clever because she's making us question how we look at things how we interpret things how we look at stories and I think if you're going to read this book or if you have read this book I think it's more than just the feminist messages I think she forces us to confront how we actually think about things and that's a sign of a great author for me. Just tying into sort of that initial point that we had at the start of this conversation of everything has been based on something that's happened in history she didn't just take one event and just retell that she curated again history to send that message and so I I'd completely agree with um it's this can be read in sort of a a multitude of ways it doesn't represent just one person I mean another reading of Hamid's tale is sort of climate change climate disaster what can we do to prevent that so that we don't fall back into sort of like old ways of treating people or just humans in general Yeah, and I think what's so interesting about what both of you have just said is that the book, obviously, like you said, has an ending in comparison to the TV show, which is still ongoing. And although we've had kind of a lot of progression within the story, it's also gone past Gilead now. So I don't want to spoil for anybody who hasn't seen the show, but June has effectively escaped and there's a whole different plot that's going on in Canada as she's a refugee and something that I was thinking of as you were mentioning about like it's the handmaid it's just one I think that's somewhere where the show really does benefit is that you do have all of these sub characters like um, of Glenn and the Marthas and you get to see into their lives in addition so while June is the main character and she's largely the focus you do have scenes where June's not in it because they're following these other characters so it kind of lends itself to expand the scope of the situation and kind of address other women's issues within the story which I think is definitely a benefit that the show has. Completely I agree so much with that actually because I was always such a book purist I was like Ah, nothing can beat the book like the tv series is not like it's going on too long but actually that's such a good point like the Marthas for example the women that work in the kitchen like they're not really given they're just a supporting role in the book whereas actually seeing what their life was like before and things like that I think they've done well to expand the world to still serve that point that this has happened to a lot of women and impacted them differently Serena Joy's character as well I think going back to her past like and they do touch on this in the book like she was a TV evangelist I can't say the word evangel you know what I mean (laughs) but um she was you know one of these women it shows that not all women are feminists not all women are supportive of each other and I think her character really highlights that we need to look at other women around us as well and what they're doing. It's not just men, it's how the patriarchy has affected other women as well. And just a quick point on Serena Joy, actually. We were talking about differences between the characters in the the books and the TV series and her and her husband, Commander Waterford, they're very young in the TV series, very attractive. I mean, Serena Joy is stunning, but in the books, they're described as old, very, very old. And I don't know, like, I find that really interesting I think we had a conversation beforehand about how maybe they're making it more palatable by having them as younger but yeah what are your guys's opinion on the fact that they were younger in the tv series 
I completely agree with you. I think that everything that happened to the handmaids is disgusting, no matter what way you put it. But like you said, it is a lot more palatable to think of this happening as a result of uh, a younger man, if that makes sense in any way, especially because when you get to the later seasons in the show, June goes to a different commander and he is an older man. So maybe it kind of reflects that a little bit. And while he does oppose the whole system and the nature of it, and so he doesn't physically do anything to her, the thought of that happening is still kind of more so disturbing, which I think is goes to that point that you say about it being more palatable, though still wrong. Yeah. As, as well, maybe it's also showing, instead of it being palatable to audiences, maybe the TV writers and producers wanted to show that, you know, like patriarchy isn't something that's dying out, that it's not just old men oppressing women, young men are doing it as well. It's cyclical, you know, yeah. your, da- your, dad's, your dad's very sexist, you or your mates at school have that sort of attitude or your teacher for example and you adopt those that behavior yourself and I I like how they're older in the book I think I don't know I think it just adds more it's very sinister and very I don't know she characterizes them well through descriptions as well I think if we're talking literary like her descriptions of them completely like make sense with their character as well but the tv show's good at showing that it's looks don't matter age doesn't matter this is an issue within various age groups yeah so there's sort of pros and cons to that that casting choice I, I'm just going to echo what both of you said because I have nothing more to add to that point <laughs> yeah it's just overall a horrifying thing I did like the point about patriarchy like anyone can be like an agent of the patriarchy in a way whatever your age whatever your gender you can still be part of that and still commit those atrocious acts so I guess in that sense if you had read the book and then watch the TV show. I guess it's just a horrifying thing all around. Shona, I have a question for you. Did you did you like the TV series? I liked the first series, I think, because it was good to read the book and have a visual reference as well. I just sort of dropped off with it a lot. I think, I mean, it's obviously a very depressing topic, but it was just, it was too much all of the time. And I think what the book does more successfully is, I think whether it's just because I prefer the format and reading, you can put it down and you can escape out of it and you can go back into it but even just the way it's sort of written as well like I think it's less bleak I think she injects it with humor as well Offred has a lot of humor in the book which I think is lost in the tv show a bit and I'm I'm not saying that you know serious topics need like relief with it I think it's good that they're illuminated and given the stage but I do think that if we're going to talk about the female experience as well, there has to be some a little bit of joy in it as well, because it can be very easy to get caught in this depressing trap. Like We all know the issues, but sometimes it's good. And this is why if I'm going to watch, this is just a general point, but if I'm going to watch or read something now, now I'm a bit older, and now I've had not even that many years of it, but 21 years of just like, you know, women, understanding that women are not treated the same as men. I think I do look for something with a more joyous, experience of women banding together and more positive because it is just it's just exhausting sometimes yeah yeah I'd, I'd agree um I think yeah reading the book and then watching the tv series is a lot to take I mean it's a tra- it's a traumatic piece of literature just from all all points of it so yeah watching the tv series can just be like a little bit too much on top of it all especially when you've experienced it all and in the book it's that like first-hand account like the first like in the first chapter she just describes what's in the room and it's a very mundane thing but then you just realize how bleak her life is and it's kind of immersive in that sense so yeah watching the tv series and watching it all unfold again can be a bit like well 
this is a lot but Lauren I can imagine just watching the tv series it must be like really intriguing to just see it all all for the first time it definitely is to like you said to see it all for the first time was something that was really interesting to me but it also was like it's a lot to handle emotionally and I could find myself never it wasn't a show that I could binge watch I had to kind of watch maybe one a day or something like that because I think it does relate back to what we were talking about earlier in that there's more characters and you kind of get to see these different perspectives and it's not just that there are these atrocious acts being performed on women it goes so much broader than that in that you then see June being separated from her child you see the fact that for example Ovglin who outside of Gilead had a child but she was taken away from that and it just gets even more distressing I would say to physically see these like families being ripped apart because of this ridiculous notion it's just a very harrowing I think experience to watch that maybe not to say the book doesn't do it justice because obviously it does but that you maybe get a narrower focus in that it is a one-person account and as well like I feel like I'm being quite privileged here saying oh it's just too distressing I've got to look away and you know there's people that are actually going through that but I suppose I think why the Handmaid's Tale TV series is successful I think is it's changing this nature with television I think television has become so easy to just gobble up straight away binge 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 I want it now I want it now whereas The Handmaid's Tale, because you can only really watch an episode at the time, you're sort of forced to consider the issues a bit more. And that's what it's good at doing. And that's why it's there for us to learn about these issues and to confront these issues. And yes, it is draining and we should take breaks away from it and look at positive things women have done as well. But I do think the book and the TV series are then they're more than just entertainment they are places of learning I'd say yeah yeah that is that is so right it is is educational in that sense um but yeah taking that time out looking after yourself as well I mean there are pretty detailed accounts of sexual assault and rape it is heavy stuff to handle very traumatizing so yeah taking those breaks I mean the book and the series both of them just having that time just to breathe and just sit with it and come back to it when you're ready Um, If anyone hasn't read Handmaid's Tale or watched the series, I would just recommend going in, just knowing that those themes might be addressed and just know that you can literally pause it. You can put the book down. You can pause the show. Go outside. Take a minute. You don't have to go back to it. I mean, when I was watching the series, it was just a bit too much and I just stopped watching it. But um, maybe now that I'm 21, um, I can um, come back to it maybe. Um, Kind of intrigued to see where it's gone I mean I didn't know there were so many series I thought there was two so <laughs> there's three four whatever is kind of remarkable uh Shona have you have you read um the testaments yeah because it, it won the booker prize didn't it no I haven't read it um I think because the Hamas tale was such a intense book to read I think I just haven't gotten around to buying it and reading it but I do want to reread The Handmaid's Tale again. I haven't read it since I was 17, 18. And I think even though, you know, I'm still very young, a lot has changed for me in sort of the, my life experience already. And I'd love to read it again and Testaments with different perspective, with, with my perspective now. I think I'm still very much talking about it from what I remember when I was 17, 18. But yeah, I think it's one of those that probably changes just as you change. I think mm-hmm. it's meaning, it's... Because I'm not a mother as well. I'm not, I've never experienced those maternal feelings. And God, there's so many themes in this book we could talk about. But yeah, 
mater maternal instincts and motherhood is one of them. And this thing that Serena Joy has always wanted to be a mother and she can't be. And the way for her to be a mother is through the exploitation and mistreatment of other women. And it's, I think that's a, another really interesting theme that Margaret Atwood draws upon. And I, I think definitely worth exploring as well. I've not got any of the answers to it, but I suppose if I ever became a mother myself, maybe that's an element of the book that would really strike me more than the, the oppression of the women or the technical bits and the way the history is shown. We've discussed how the series dedicates more time to looking at other characters in the way that the book doesn't. And I haven't read Testaments yet, but from my understanding, the Testaments has um, a bit more commitment towards showing different perspectives. I think it explores three different perspectives. Um, I might be wrong with that, but it would be interesting to see whether the second book has taken on that sort of series commitment to showing and platforming different voices. Um, Shona, as you were saying earlier, Handmaid's Tale isn't just about one voice. It's not the just the Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaids are a collective. So in terms of her voice, so I think I mentioned it earlier about how essentially it could be this male professor that's retelling her story. And I think off like the absence of Offred's voice is a very interesting thing because it's told by her. It's about her and you assume it's her voice but actually when you realize it's tapes and it's someone else's interpretation and you might have interpreted it wrong as well you sort of are like oh actually Offred's story is what I think it is not what her actual experience is if that makes any sense and I think in that way she's kind of silent we're all defining her life for her this professor is we are and that's the problem when you look at women historically it's very easy to look back in I don't know before women could vote and talk about their experiences like we knew what happened the historians look back once we have gained the vote like oh this is a great time of liberation for women maybe it wasn't and we should stop defining it as that and I think this will always be a problem we can't go back in time we can't see what happened to these women we can't get back inside their heads but I think it's good to be conscious that through interpreting people's stories the way we want to we are also silencing them as well I think I think that's a really good point and something again that does contrast a little bit in the show and maybe it's because it's a TV show or maybe it's because we don't or haven't yet seen that this is on tape because obviously the show is still ongoing but I think that the show and her experiences seem a lot more factual and less open to interpretation everything that's happening to June has happened it's a fact and it happened in that order because the story is told chronologically obviously with some flashbacks thrown in but it happened in that order and so it seems as though the book kind of has a little bit more flexibility and ambiguity in terms of that interpretation that maybe the show doesn't allow for whether that is a positive or a negative I don't really know so while the show and the book do have some differences, um, they both seem to do a good job at conveying Atwood's social commentary about being a female in a male-dominated society. And so thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed our analysis and our discussion of The Handmaid's Tale and how it compares to the show. Um, if you have any comments, thoughts, or anything like that on anything we've discussed this week, feel free to send us a DM at, um, at VoiceMagUK on Twitter or Instagram. 
as I mentioned at the very beginning, we'll be doing one of these podcasts each month. And next month, we will be reviewing The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Um, so, <laughs> so if you would like to read along with us and leave any comments or questions for us to discuss on the next episode, feel free to reach out to us on any of our socials, which will be linked below, um, along with the link to the book, if you wanted to get that and read along with us. Um, we're also going to be continuing to post weekly book reviews and recommendations on TikTok and Instagram leading up to our next episode. So stay tuned for those. And that's all from us today. Um, and we'll see you next month for another episode of On the Same Page. Bye. Bye. Bye.